Howdy folks, Cormac Walsh here from Bass Fishing Ireland and you're very welcome to episode 5 of the Lore Fishing Podcast. And this episode, I am delighted to say that I've been chatting with Grant Woodgate. Grant is well known for his big bass fishing in Portugal. He has a great YouTube channel which he's been running now for a few years. And in this conversation, he gives some fascinating insights how he goes about targeting some big bass. Gives a lot of detail in relation to his techniques and his tactics. And he also talks about his own lure and rod range, Samson lures. He tells us how he developed his lures and gives some great advice on how to get the very best out of them. Again, this is a really interesting chat with lots of valuable information. So I hope you enjoy this one, folks. Okay, Grant, how's things? Um, thanks for joining me today. It's great to chat to you finally. Oh, hi, Cormac. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah. No problem at all. Um, how's things with you? Have you been doing much fishing recently? Um, not recently. Yeah, it's a, it's. Um, I, I live out in Switzerland, and so really, it's a case of organising trips. Um, you know, going off for trips and getting prepared, and you know, just going when I can. Really, I mean, I've got a family, and um, you know, other you know, other uh, my business, um, my work. So uh, actually, I'm getting away this week for a few days. So. I'll be off to Portugal in about two or three days. Excellent, excellent. Are you going to tackle some bass? Is that the plan, is it? Uh, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully I will, yeah. I'm actually going down to sort a few things out, see my mum. She lives down in Portugal. So it's always, um, you know, a good a good reason to go down. You know, I, I like to spend time, see my mum, and um, obviously going to do some fishing while I'm there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Brilliant. Yeah, sounds great. Like, you know, we've been I've been watching your videos for a long time now and, and lots of guys in the UK and Ireland and, and Europe, I'm sure, and around the world been watching your videos and we're kind of fascinated by the fishing you get there in Portugal and, um, you know, the size of the bass and stuff. So I know it's a completely yeah. different approach. Like, so just tell me a bit about that fishing over there. Um, yeah, well, it, it, it's um, difficult for me to really compare because um, although I've done a lot of fishing around the world, um, I've only really done, I'd say, most of the bass fishing in Portugal. And so I think the only way for me to compare is talking to other guys that have basically fished both places, which is really interesting for me to find out. And um, I've got a pretty good friend who fishes over like sort of about three to six months of the year in Portugal, and he fishes a lot in Ireland, actually. And um, I was just talking to him recently when I was over there. And, you know, asked the comparison in between the UK, Ireland and Portugal. And, yeah, he was basically saying that, you know, it's harder to catch bass in Portugal. You're not going to get so many, but the potential is definitely there for a bigger one, which is obviously what probably people have seen in the video, some really good bass. But um, you, and you definitely can get some really good sized bass out there, you know, if you if you put the work in and, you know, basically if you're lucky and the rest of it. But. Um, from what I've heard from other people, um, it's probably easier to get smaller bass in places like Ireland and um, parts of the UK. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, of course, that Henry Gilby was over there recently and I, he did a blog about it. And I suppose it just brought it home how difficult 
it is over there, you know, condition-wise, such a rugged coastline, big seas. It's all kind of, yeah. uh, you know, it's 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 heavy going, but the rewards are big if you can, you know, get some success there. So what's your kind of approach to it? I know you've, you know, you, know, you have um, developed your own lures and rods now as well, but it's obviously, you know, you're fishing bigger seas. So tell me, how, how, how do you go about kind of approaching that? Yeah, it's funny. I actually um, had a chat with Henry uh, the other day and we were, were laughing a bit because I said to Henry, I said, well, um, he was saying about the seas and I was saying, well, you know, I thought that's what bass fishing was, you know, everywhere for everyone. And, um, you know, it's only really that I've got into the lures um, and, you know, what's going on in the UK that you really start to see that people fish in, there's other conditions, you know, um, estuaries and there's, there's actually, you know, there's parts of the UK where it's fairly flat, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it might, might be a completely, yeah, completely different setup. So, yeah, so yeah, so basically I've always thought that that was bass fishing and it was just like that. So really it was just, you know, I was into surfing about, I guess, I was surfing a lot, must have been getting on for 25 to 30 years ago. And um, if the conditions weren't right, I'd, you know, sort of, I got a rod and I started bass fishing. And that's basically how it started. I was getting a little bit frustrated with, um, you know, sometimes the crowds were getting in and you know, I started getting into the fishing and I guess I was fortunate enough to get into a bass earlier on in, you know, when I was, when I was getting into it, which really sort of motivated me. And, you know, by then I was totally hooked. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So those are the conditions were, were quite normal for me then, you know, that's just, that's just how the fishing was. And I guess the ideal conditions, I would say, in Portugal is generally around about a metre, metre and a half swell is, is the kind of perfect conditions you'd be looking for. Okay, so, that's, that's interesting, yeah, because like the reality is, and I remember looking at videos of yours years ago and these massive big swells coming in and you're you know, catching these big bass. And, and the reality is we, we wouldn't fish those kind of conditions here or we'd be very reluctant to do so yeah. here, you know, but... Um, but you have proved that the bass are there in those conditions. Yeah, some. I mean, some of the trips I've been down on, you know, you want a metre and a half, but, but you don't get it, you know. You, you know, it's very rarely actually like that, even in the summer. So, you know, the swells don't often drop as much below that. Occasionally they do for a day or two. Um, but really the swells tend to be two, two and a half metres and, and a lot bigger. So sometimes you might go over there for like four or five days and it doesn't drop below, say, two and a half or three meters. And so you either fish or, you know, or you, or you don't, you know. So, yeah. yeah, it's a case of finding a place that, you know, you can still, that's still fishable, really. Yeah, yeah. And with that, then, I suppose, the bigger seas, you're going to need a bigger rod and bigger lures and... So I'm always curious to find out yeah. how do you actually, how do you work those lures? Um, I mean, are you just whacking it out as far as you can and and uh, kind of a straight retrieve or what? how do you work the lures? Yeah, right. Well, no, it's, it's really dependent on, on the spot you're fishing. So we've, you know, we've got a range of the Samson lures. There's a range of uh, surface lures and we've got a, um, a few subsurface lures. So it really depends on the spot. So, Basically, if I was fishing over an area of reef, say, where I needed to get out a lot of distance, so really distance was the main thing because the, the waves might be breaking, say, 150, yeah. 200, 
200 meters out and sort of rolling along. I mean, you don't really want the kind of pounding down waves that just break really, really, really hard. You kind of want to try to find places where, although there's some, you know, heavy swell might be coming in, there could be called a breaking softer rolling along, um, called, you know, with channels. So, so the bass are able to come up those, uh, up those areas, up those channels. And, you know, that, that's the kind of, the place you're looking for so those bass can literally be anywhere from as far as you can get out or further you know right up to you know right up to under your feet really but um you know they often are in you know often the, the further you can get out in those situations it just obviously gives you more more chances you're covering more ground yeah yeah so, gotcha yeah so really casting to a distance is is really important but Obviously, you you know you, you catch them right by your feet at times. It just depends on the spot, and you know the spots when those spots tend to be you're fishing over. I'd say anywhere between uh, near the shore is kind of like a couple of feet to probably about one and a half to two meters, probably about two meters, um, with rocks in the middle. You know, so there's there's shallower patches. Yes. So it, it's, you really don't need to get that lure down. You know, I know. I found like a lot of people always tend to tend to lose lures, often trying to get them a little bit deeper. But in, unless it's a deep water spot, I found, um, you know, working the lure on the surface or if it's a subsurface lure, just working it just literally just below the surface and sometimes splashing is, is really ideal, I find, for me, because that way you don't lose the lure and you've got less chance of losing it. And, um, you know, you're going to attract the fish as well. Yeah, the bass, so, the bass are going to find yeah. it anyway. Yeah, I mean, if you're obviously fishing a real deep spot somewhere, then there's going to be a different approach. But um, the spots that I fish, and there's even a few deeper spots, and I would fish with the subsurface lures, but um, I don't tend to need to go down deep for the kind of fishing that I do personally. So, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. And is there it's do you about find... fishing. Do you find anything, do you find, Grant, you know, with the bigger fish, is there anything kind of pattern with those? Are they are they in close all the time or are they out further or, or is there a pattern at all with them? Yeah, that's a good question because I would find, <coughs> excuse me, I would say some of the, some a lot of the really big doubles that I've caught have been in really shallow water. Okay, you know, interesting, like a, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, they're kind of, they're coming in and uh, they want an easy meal. They might be sort of sitting in behind a bit of swell behind the boulder where there's not much current there. They can just sort of sit there and see what, you know, if there's, you know, any easy, any meal around. And if you bring your lure over those boulders and whack, you know, they, that's when you tend to get a hit from those. Rather, I mean, you can get them in the more of the open water spots. But generally, they'll be really, you know, tucked in close to rocks, I find. So just bringing them slowly around the rocks, especially about, I mean, I'd, I'd be looking to work my lures slower, you know, on the surface or just below around those rocky areas and perhaps a little bit quicker, you know, quicker around more of the open areas, you know, to, okay, a, to yeah. get some, you know. That's interesting. Yeah. So, so basically what you're saying is like, if you you know you're going to cast to a rock like um if you see a kind of rock features you know there's there's a possibility that there's going to be a a decent bass kind of sitting tight into that rock kind of preserving his energy and waiting to kind of pounce on some prey going exactly. by. yeah 
Yeah, I would just be working it erratically, not slow, necessarily really slow, but I'd just be erratically working it around that area over those rocks and, you know, sort of, yeah, that kind of situation. If it was like before that, where it was, say, more open water, I'd, you know, probably have a little bit faster retrieve because to make it look realistic and if something sees it, um, there's, you know, more chance they're going to give chase. And I think if you, if the lure's moving a little bit and looking, you know, like it's an injured bait fish. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. yeah. And then that brings me on to the next question, really. I mean, what's kind of important for you with, with, with lures, like color, vibration, action? I know they're all important, like, but I mean, take color, for example. And um, I see some of your posts there, uh, probably late last year. And I think you were using like a, a dark lure and then you got some fish on a kind of a bright, like a nearly an orange colored lure. But um, how important do you think color is? Well, it's a very hard question to answer, really. I don't know if anyone knows the answer, but, yeah. you know, you hear about, yeah, you hear how fish see in sort of gray scale and different shades and whatever. But when it when it comes to like going out fishing, I'm sure there's something definitely in the color because there's certain colors that seem to to work and that you know and people obviously get their confidence in it so say for example the we started with the lures in a basic white and yeah. that is an effective color and people will tell you say out in um say out in the usa where they fish for stripe but that white is one of the most popular colors so i'm sure it must be for a reason you know it's not just you know the fishermen saying that i'm sure that there is something behind it, but for exactly why, I don't know. But what I, what I found, um, it's, it's very difficult to test the colours in somewhere like Portugal because the fish, they're not really prolific. You just they're few and far between. You might get a big one, and um, occasionally you get days when there's quite a few around. But really, it's you know, yeah. So it's difficult to actually test which colour would be working. But the only time I think I've really managed to do that testing in uh, the USA I was fishing for striper which is pretty much the same as our European bass apart from the stripes and they sort of got similar habits so yeah yeah sort of a, yeah sort of a, give you an idea and I was fishing one spot over some reef and it was literally well you know it was one of those catching fish say around three to four pound or some some a bit big some bigger but that kind of size really regularly say every three or four casts you'd, you'd be hooking into something so you knew that there was bass around there in numbers which i'm not used to say you never get much you know that back home say in portugal yeah and i'll be using something like a mullet color which is my favorite color you know it's going really well and you're catching bass and then all of a sudden it would slow down and um, i wasn't getting any more hits and at that point i changed i remember changing color just to see and the very next cast i was into another striper and it was back on again okay that's, so, that's very interesting isn't it it seems to be yeah you know, that the, the change in color really kind of switched them back on again which is which is a good experiment it, isn't it it's that's how it seemed it did seem like that. it's really hard to be sure in a lot of these situations what's happening because you're only guessing but it did seem that mullet was a great color but then maybe they got used to it. Maybe they'd seen it swim past so many times. I don't know. And then I put on an orange and bang. And, you know, you don't know if it would be the same the other way around. I'm sure I'm, it seemed to be just a change of color that, that made the difference. But I'm, you know, obviously I, I don't know. It's just, it's just guessing. I mean, I've had times in Portugal where I've turned up at a spot 
using a white lure, which is, you know, as I said, it's definitely been one of the most successful colors. And I've caught so many good fish on white lures um, all over the world. And I mean, I've, I've been using white and I've not caught anything. And then I've changed over to a mullet. And then almost immediately, a few casts, I'm getting into a lot of bass, you know, or they're starting to, you know, but at the same time, I remember it might be that the tide's changing, the tide's coming in. So you're always left with that. Um, not knowing it was it the tide change or was it the change in color yeah or was so, it just yeah. a, a bunch of fish coming along at the right time it's it's hard to exactly. know but um but i think i suppose it goes without saying that if you know if you are in a situation like that when the fishing kind of drops off you know switch yeah. it around do put on try another color because you know it's, it's exactly worth, it's worth a shot and it could it could mean you get the bite switch back on again yeah, no, I totally agree. That's why I do carry the colours. I mean, I'd say more so these days than before because I've got the opportunity to try different colours. And um, it's definitely opened my eyes a little bit. I mean, there was colours that before, I suppose, I, I'd never used, say, five years ago, colours like chartreuse, which is a really good bass colour, and a lot of people like it, but I just didn't feel confident in it at all. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I'm like, the same, actually, with that. Yeah, I never kind of used it much, but... But you see all the all the major tackle brands, they all have that color lures and guys seem, yeah. to, do, seem to do really well with them as well. You know, they, they do catch fish like so there must be something to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I only used them starting about four years ago. And then as soon as I started hooking onto a few big fish with them, I totally got my confidence in them. I think it's a lot, obviously a lot about confidence. Um, you know, I had I spoke to other bass fishermen that said, no, chartreuse, it's really great. And, you know, for me, I'd just always choose a mullet over that because to me it looks natural and I uh, feel confident with it. But, you know, on a cloudy day, I've, I, I remember one cloudy day, I caught two double figures bass in the, within about, I think, 20 minutes of each other wow, or 10 minutes or something. serious session, all right, yeah. Yeah, and they were just on a completely... Um, chartreuse just all chartreuse sort of high visibility one and from that day on well i think even before i'd caught some but i've definitely got my confidence up on them and yeah and now i've I, I caught them the last time i was over i was catching some on pink and black which i have used before but yeah so you know it's just good to test it out you know what actually works but i think it really comes down to um, it's worth for whatever reason it's worth just changing the color if you know if say it's gone quiet or you haven't caught anything, it's worth mixing it up, yeah, you know, yeah. just to keep you motivated as well. You know, that's it. Like when yeah. You on, yeah, when you stick on the new lure, you've always got a uh, that feeling like I, oh, you know, if you've been casting the same lure for a while, you know, you you tend to, you know, you're starting to feel like, uh, you know, there's nothing here, and so yeah, it's always probably a good time to change then, or obviously, or, or change your spot. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and. And then I know you like a lot of the Samson lures, you have a good variety of size in the lures. I was actually looking at a nice one there. I think it's the shad. You had a 20 gram shad there. Um, they look really nice. Yeah. Um, and I see you kind of have kind of bunker kind of shad colors as well. Like, um, is there any kind of size lure that you prefer using? Or again, do you think that matters much? Yeah, it, it, yeah I, for me, I think size of the lure is, for me personally, is probably more important than the colour. Although, as I said, the colour, you know, it's definitely got some importance, as I said, but I'm not sure why. But for the, the size, what I tend to find is that the 
I, I it's nothing to do with what fish I'm targeting. You know, I mean, it could be targeting whatever fish. It doesn't matter about the size really for me. It's more about the conditions. So I, I sort of try to use the lures according to the size of swell, say. So if it's very big swells, obviously I need to cast out further and it doesn't need to be so subtle. So it might, maybe even something like a 70 or 90 gram Enticer minnow is going to get me like you know well over 100 meters out could be the ideal lure and because it's um you know because the sea conditions are pretty strong you want something to stand out so you're not looking for subtle yes but then you know yeah a few days later it might like occasionally does go down to under a meter and then it would be ideal for that little shad or the little tweaks or something like that something there only like six centimeters and i find the bass in um in portugal they really do like to feed when they're swell and they can get quite shy when you know when it's flat conditions out there i mean most fishermen they don't bother fishing in the day if it's really gone flat out there because it's really becomes quiet but the more subtle you can be then so then i would say a smaller lure is is really perfect it's ideal and sort of necessary really if you imagine you're sticking a big 70 gram or 90 gram lure in calmer conditions that you know in, in you know for fishing for bass in portugal that really wouldn't work yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah um and i suppose right. then you know we were talking about you know you're you have to cast it out far you have to cast these lures you're using 60 70 gram lures sometimes so you kind of developed a rod in recently is it was it last year or you've developed this rod um a 12 foot rod tell me a bit about that um, yeah, well, the reason um, behind developing that rod really was that um, there's really, I get a lot of people asking me about the rods and um, there's not, not seems to be a lot around on the market for, you know, for longer rods. And um, I've always liked to fish with longer rods for lots of reasons, but they weren't always exactly what I wanted. So um, I got the opportunity to be able to develop a rod that was, you know, just perfect you know, perfect for the conditions uh, um, I fish out in Portugal and, you know, and in sort of rocky conditions, let's say. So, um, yeah, for me, 12 foot, it's a, a fair amount about casting. It's definitely, um, you know, it's in, important to have a longer rod if you want to get that distance. It does make a difference to a 12 foot rod over, um, say, a 10 foot rod yeah. or, or shorter. Yeah, you're definitely going to get further, but it's actually a lot more about other things than the casting, although that is obviously a real important factor. And probably for me, the most important thing having a longer rod around the rocks is being able to, well, control um, control the lure around the rocks. So you've got so much more reach. Um, you know, you might have rocks right out in front of you poking out the water, and you're trying to bring your lure in around those rocks. And if you can reach out, say, another couple of feet further than you would say even if you had a 10-foot rod, which is probably considered, um, you know, fairly long for UK standards, I would say. Yeah, would, so, yeah. Yeah, then the two foot's going to make um, a fair bit of difference there. Um, and if you're playing a fish, it's the same thing. Um, you know, you need that reach. It's really, I mean, it saved me on so many occasions, either in Portugal or overseas i can i can really now got in my mind a few occasions where i'm sort of hanging out over the rocks with my rod stretched right out in front 
you know, trying to stop a big jack or something going around the rock and sort of just centimeters away. And, yeah, and yeah. I can honestly, <laughs> yeah, I can honestly say I would have lost um, a lot of those fish or some of those fish, I think, would have, you know, got me on the rocks if I didn't have that reach. So I'd say reach is probably the main, main factor or every bit as much as the casting distance, I would say. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, so it gives you, it's giving you more control and more leverage over over a fish, yeah. especially, you know, when you get them in close and you're trying to land them and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. Like, if they're going up against rocks and you can just lean out, um, that's, so, that's so important for me. And I um, have on occasions over the years, I've, you know, tried some different rods over the years that were a bit shorter, just to see because I've you know many years back and um definitely didn't suit me I mean I'd put it straight back it just you know after having a longer rod that is no going back for me because a longer rod just gives you so many advantages but I suppose um you know people probably just are not used to spinning with longer rods if I'm overseas um I like to spin with longer rods for, for exactly the same reasons you know it's yeah. easier to cast and easier to work the lures um, and I, I think the stiffness of the rod, I mean, everybody's obviously got their, you know, what they like best, but I prefer the rod um, for spinning a little bit stiff towards, you know, to the tip so I can work the lures. I find that's very important. Yeah, and, especially uh, if you're a casting at distance, I suppose, to be able to work a lure at distance, you kind of need that bit of stiffness, don't you, to get some action on the lure? Yeah exactly yes yes i know a lot of people use probably quite soft tips and for certain lures that that can that could possibly work okay for them but for the kind of lures i like to work the lure and put a lot of action into it and um yeah and so you know so that was also a big factor in the development getting the right kind of rod tip to work the lures and the length and also if you do hook onto a fish in the bass it just doesn't you're not going to double straight over and you've lost that length yeah um, you've got you know? a power to kind of leverage it to kind of bully it a bit i suppose out of the rocks and stuff for, for, yeah for when you need to it definitely and imagine if you're like if you've got a fish out in front of you and it wants to go down and you've got some rocks there if you can hold that rod right up in the air um, at that point, to, to avoid those rocks, if you can imagine that line is going to stay away from the rocks much easier if you're higher up. And obviously, if 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 you're like if you've got say even something like ten foot for me, it would be like kind of fighting it from my knees. You know, I'd lose two foot of height, which does make a difference when you're trying to avoid the line hitting the rocks. Because I find you've really got to fish where I fish. The really rocky areas is where the bass are. Um, and obviously, yeah, it's, you've always got that risk of, of getting snagged on a rock or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, it's important to have the right tools for the job. And that rod seems to be seems to be ideal. Um, what casting rate is it? Is it? Well, the one that I'm using at the moment was the, the original first one is 30 to 100 grams. But I mean, I, I just use it for I've used it for 15 and. 130 grams when i'm overseas but um we've we just um in in the process at the moment of bringing out um a couple more one a lighter rod which is casting 15 uh, to 60 grams it's also 12 feet and uh, yeah and that's lighter again to hold so it's pretty light so i've been working with that over the winter as well and that's been really good 
Are they available to, to purchase at the moment, Grant? Can we get them anywhere at the moment? Um, well, they, they should be available probably in the next, I'd say, hopefully six to eight weeks, they should be in the UK. Oh, great. So, yeah, everything going to plan, they should be ready. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, they'll probably be much more suitable for the UK market, uh, you know, along the lines of what the kind of weights people are used to casting. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's also like a heavier version, but that's more for overseas fishing, and that uh, starts off at 60 grams up to 200 grams, and yeah, that's a really a powerful rod for sort of fishing for things like roosters and uh, snappers off the rocks, or yeah, tuna stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you know people over here in anglers in ireland the uk like some guys prefer the shorter rods you know seven eight foot i myself yeah. prefer a longer rod like i'm nine and a half foot nearly all the time um and i like yeah i like like you said like on the rocks i like having the longer rod to give me some kind of more you know to maneuver the fish a bit easier i just yeah. find it it's easier to kind of you know get a fish around a yeah. rock or, or land a fish you know and i have i have dabbled with the um longer rods as well i you know, I see the guys fishing the stripers in, in, in the US and I've kind of got a 12 foot rods and, you know, they're kind of guppy lure, surface lures and they're like an ounce and a half and kind of working those big lures out at the back of the surf. And um, I dabble with it a bit. It's very interesting. Um, it's definitely a kind of, a, you know, there's definitely places for it in Ireland and the UK, you know. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think it's something that could be developed for sure. Yeah, I think if you're fishing an estuary, it's probably not, you know, you can, you're fine with shorter rods and whatever you're comfortable with. But I think I think when you get around, started getting around rocky areas, that's when it really becomes, yeah, really comes into its own and you need a longer rod. Obviously, some of probably some of the ones in the USA there that they might be using on the canal or some of the beaches are for casting, you know, heavier lures and they might be a bit heavier for your everyday fishing but um yeah that's why i brought out the lighter version 12 foot to, to you know 12 foot to hopefully you know give you the give the length that you know for around the rocks but a little bit lighter or a fair bit lighter you know to handle yeah yeah there's definitely so, there's definitely areas i can i can think of that I, that would be useful where even like you know you want to kind of get a surface lower out a long way to cover like a reef or something like that you know I can definitely think of yeah. uh, uses for that. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's obviously where it comes from because out in Portugal, it, it's all about definitely all about distance. So uh, yeah, so they and you know, so they they've become quite popular over there as well. And um, you know, and the people that are fishing from the rocks, I think um, they're gonna you know they're gonna be, you know, be well suited to. It's just um, I think it's it's probably the hardest thing is people are just used to shorter rods and it's uh such a change you know to go to a longer rod for spinning i guess yeah yeah and it's until you try it you kind of try it and you're thinking actually yeah geez this works actually i like this it's nice to have this option yeah yeah i think it, but i think that will happen with a lot of people once you've tried it and you've caught some fish and you've seen the advantages and you know um like me there was no going back to shorter rods because you know as i said it's, it's safer for me on the rocks and um you know, also, yeah, the rods are able, you're able to lift some fish out. So if you do need to lift a fish out in a certain area, 
that you don't want to get down there it's, it's a possibility you know it's not going to snap yeah. so that that also is, is helpful yeah for sure and another question i want to ask you grant you know when you're kind of planning your trips would you plan them around kind of you know high tide or a low tide or the kind of dawn and dusk kind of a guy or what's your kind of ideal um situation um yeah i probably ideal if I, if you've got a choice on the day would be to coincide like a low tide with early morning or evening that would okay. be my first yeah. choice and do you do you work um, the moons do you work the like full of new moons do you look into that much well, I, I just obviously fish whenever I can when I'm there. Um, the bigger tides, they can be, you know, can be really good. But, you know, it's, it's really a difficult one because, you you know, you, you expect sometimes the, um, that certain conditions are going to produce. And other times you find that conditions that you don't think are generally the best end up being fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's... Yeah. it's it's just about keeping your mind open really and uh, just don't get too set in your ways I try not to get too set in my ways obviously I've got my favorite sort of conditions and times but I certainly don't stick to those um, I'd rather go fishing and see and go well I gave it a go um, wasn't ideal but I think over the over the years you sort of tend to naturally find what works best you know it just becomes sort of instinctive that you fish certain conditions because you know you know you catch in those conditions and so i think um you know big tides can be good and a certain size but at the end of the day it's whether the if the bass are there or not you know so sometimes you might not get optimal conditions or the tides that you you, you know this is how it is in portugal anyway like your favorite tides but there can be bass around and it can be amazing fishing or or there's nothing around and it, and it looks good you know it looks perfect and you you know and it's, it's just quiet yeah. So yeah, so I'd say yeah, so generally I do like evenings and early mornings as a rule, but yeah, definitely there's no you know hard and fast rules. Yeah, it's interesting because you know sometimes you think right, oh have a have a spot sussed now, have it sussed. You go down, you get a couple of fish, and you're like yes, this is it now, and then you go down on the next tide, yeah, and uh, there's nothing there. It's completely different, and you yeah. might go down on a slack tide in the afternoon, and all of a sudden you get a fish. So it's it's you know as soon as we yeah. think we know something about it it kind of it's constantly changing and keeping us thinking isn't it yeah definitely i think yeah we you never know and fully fully understand what's going i mean obviously i said you get an instant some kind of an instinctive feeling that sometimes you look over at the spot and you just go that looks as bassy as anything today and you know and you you know and you, and you have a great session and other times you just you know you're really surprised you didn't catch anything and uh, but that, I guess that's the the fun of it really. That's why we love it because when you do catch, and you think it's going to be good, and you do, it's just a great feeling, isn't it? You know, when you sort of get it right, and yeah, it, it's yeah. a lot of fun. It must be a great feeling but, for you, Grant, to be catching them and to be doing being to, to be so successful with your own lures. That must be a great feeling. And you know, going around the world. I see you were in uh, Central America there last year, and you know, it must be such a great buzz to see your lures being so effective yeah. over there as well it, yeah it really no it really is because um you know I've, I've always loved um the spinning it's just been you know a big part of my life but before i had 
the you know the lure company i was very very private about it i didn't do any social media not not for any other reason than just like just wasn't really into social media i just sort of just went fishing um and so since i you know got into the actual um the business of the lures it's it's been really interesting because you know obviously i've met a lot of people through it and uh seen a lot of a lot of more things what other people are doing because i always sort of thought well that's what bass fishing is just on the rocks in big swells and then you realize hang on a minute it's not just like that there's low, you know people fishing other conditions and that's that's been really interesting but getting into the the lures has just sort of made it more fun really in a way even like an added bonus if you like because it's great to catch um you know any any bass it's, it's always great fun but when you catch it like you say on the lure that you've been developing like with my partner then it's just um yeah that bit more special really yeah, yeah. Like, right. I mean, I remember getting some of your lures, and it must be ten years ago, is it, Grant? When did you start? Um, I, I probably not not quite as long as that. It might, might be about, oh, it must be about six or seven years, seven years ago, I think. It really goes so quick, though. I'm not sure time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, so, it seems seems a long time ago. I got some of your lures up in Southside Angling in Dublin, and um, I remember they were kind of new on the scene, and the guys were yeah. catching bass on them. Yeah. Yeah, it just yeah, we had just uh, I think we started with um a few, the entire minnow and that, which is still That's right, you yeah, know, yeah. Still, just you know, for a certain situation it's still a really effective lure. I mean this year I had um yeah, nice rooster fish on it. I had um I had, you know, things like nice jacks and stuff and I always catch I always you know, always do well with the bass on it if it's if I need to get distance and it's sort of over. So yeah, so it's still going well, but it's interesting. It you know developing the other lures like the the new ones, the shad that we've been working over the last year or so on over yeah last year. Yeah, and, they look um, really nice you know, actually. I like I like that kind of shape. Um, they look really nice. Yeah, they, um, I mean we've been uh, we've been experimenting around with that for the last year, um, before we brought it out, and um, yeah, and it's been it's been a really been really successful for me whether it's been for the bass or overseas but yeah it definitely adds a little, adds that like extra bit to the trips for me because obviously yeah as you say it's satisfying to catch them on that and um just makes it more fun really yeah yeah so, yeah really. and what lures would you recommend say for for our bass here um would you you know give us a couple of um tips there for what what lure would you recommend well i would I would say the shad for for many situations and probably in sort of the the lighter versions possibly because I, I have you know some of the videos as you've seen the swells might be pretty big and I might have been using you might be using a 50 gram lure and then someone might might watch that video and then they go and buy a 50 gram lure um, but it might be that their conditions are a little bit different so it's really dependent on the conditions like you know, a few days later, it might have dropped off and I wouldn't be using that 50 gram lure at all. It wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't yeah. feel right at all. And then I'd what size, what, size, what size can I get that um, shad in, Grant? Well, we have them in 15 and 20 grams, which they're both Perfect, 6.2, yeah. Yeah, 6.2 centimeters. And one's a little bit, obviously, five grams heavier for, you know, if it's a little bit windier or maybe a little bit more sea and if you want it a little bit more floaty. So we, we sort of did it like that. It was very hard to decide, actually, 
on you know which to go with whether the 15 gram or the 20 gram of that size so you know i thought i'll let the people decide because really it's dependent on your conditions you know if it's a little bit you know you want it a little bit slower or then you know you're better, better off going for the lighter version so i would say yeah i would say it's depending on what you're fishing and i, I as a general rule of rule for me if i'm fishing in swells under a meter I try to to use the smaller profiles as much as I can, unless I really need the distance at a certain spot. Okay. And then, yeah. So obviously I'll have other ones there, and I might, you know, just bang out something a little bit heavier to just to cover that ground. But I'd say, uh, I would say twenty grams, fifteen and twenty grams, and maybe and the thirty gram ones should, you know, would be suitable for people fishing off you know off rocky headlands and in a bit of swell that that would be about right um and their subsurface and the, so and i think for the top water well you know there's the bomb which is you know i work that with the rod tip up that's got a good action and the, the little 21 gram is, is quite subtle um works across the top and uh splashing along the top so yeah that would also be a good one and um <clears throat> like the enticer we spoke about yes so there's so many really there. They're the ones that I'm, I tend to be using the most now is, is the shads, the enticers, um, and the, uh, say the bomb. Yeah. And for nighttime fishing, we've got the stealth glide and yeah, there's a few guys doing really well with those that like to fish for bass at night. Um, Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah tell me but, about that one then. The stealth glide, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's, um, our slowest sinking lure. So it's got a, it's a sort of slow retrieve lure and um you know i had an 18 pound bass on it not in the wow. night but in the in, wow. in the morning yeah when the, in the morning i was really pleased with that it's just in you know really calm conditions first thing in the morning and i just um was just bringing it slowly very slowly because i tend to work the lures much slower in the morning well you know a fair bit slower i wouldn't say really slow but you know a fair bit slower in the morning and the evening before dark and sort of speed it up a little bit as the morning progresses and the sun's coming up that retrieve will get a little bit quicker okay that's and interesting so, you kind of bass are kind of like us to take a little bit of, to get going during the day a bit sluggish <laughs> in the morning and the evening like could, could be yeah it could be interesting I, though, I, yeah. I think yeah i i think it's just because it's you know you, you know it's, it's it's not completely light it's just sort of getting light and um and a subtle kind of look works well and some of those big bass can be hanging around and a slower retrieve can be can be really good but as the morning goes on and, and the sun's up say i find that you, you don't want to give them so much time to make that decision you sort of want to keep it splashing through so they've got to make a split decision to go for it they have to commit to it my, yeah yes it's what's in my head anyway i you know that's how it feels you know and I guess you instinctively do it like that. But yeah, so I've I've done well with that glide. I've caught some other nice big doubles on it um, before dark I can think of. Um, but I haven't done, a, I don't do an awful lot of fishing at night. And some of the guys I talk to, like Mike Coos, he's been fishing a lot with it with um, a friend of his, Sarge, he goes with, and they've done really well on them in the night. And, you know, they're good fishermen and they know what they're doing. And um, so... So really, they you know they they do better with it than me because um, yeah I don't really do a lot of night fishing. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I do quite a bit of night fishing myself now, and uh, that really yeah. interests me. All right, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, I have done a little bit here and there, and but the thing is, is when when I go out on a trip, if I'm fishing in Portugal, say for example, um, I you know, I, t- I tend to you know go early mornings and evenings, and you know generally hopefully do well, hopefully get onto some fish, and so you know the nighttime you'd be you know I want to be sleeping, so yeah, and if, yeah. I, if, I, if I if I if I go at night, then I'm not going to be able to go first thing in the morning and the evening, you know, so you can. I suppose you can only go so many times you know that's it yeah so, yeah i think you know yeah in a different situation if it was flat out there so it went really flat then nighttime might be a really good option but for me i like to be you know if i can i like to be seeing what's going on and looking mm-hmm. around and enjoying it uh, not that i'm not anything that, you know i think nighttime fishing can be brilliant when it's on i've had a few nighttime sessions it's been so exciting so there's definitely something to it and um if you you know if you really know the spots and what you're doing it can be yeah it can be really worth it yeah for sure yeah and tell me i presume you kind of use a leader and um, what kind of breaking strain are you using and your braid as well what kind of braid uh, or strength braid do you use yeah well um between 20 to 30 pounds for the braid um if i'm fishing around really rocky areas not not and I'm not saying like I use 30 pound like because of the rocks to for the abrasion or anything. I think when you've got a, a good fish on and it hits the rocks, it's going to break whatever it is. It's more for the you know for the for the strength if you need to you know bring a fish around a rock. But I'd say between 20 to 30 pounds is my um, ideal braid breaking strain, and it really more comes down to the leader is the thing I would change the most. Um, I tend to use about 20 25 pound leader in very easy conditions if i say that you know if i don't think i'm gonna have a big chance of getting scraped up against the rocks but some of the places you know you might be fishing over a ledge and it's almost guaranteed that you're going to come into some contact with the rock yeah you know, you're going to rub on it there's, yeah there's a big chance and then then i pick the leader accordingly so i've sort of got a little um was a little bag there with some leaders already made up. So um, I would just put one on, you know, I'd just change the leader over depending on the spot I'm fishing. You know, it doesn't take long. And um, I put on, sometimes I've, I've even got leaders in there over 50 pound for certain spots I'm thinking of in my mind, whereas you, where you, you need to be able to literally hold that fish up and it's you know the line might be on the rocks because you're casting right over rocks into a ledge yes, you know yes. and it's going to go down and you just know it's going to hit so anything lighter and you're going to risk you know you know snapping off you're going to be in trouble so yeah. i'd assume then you probably use quite a, a long leader like at the moment i my leader is maybe it's 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 probably a meter you know i next just have a nice short little rubbing right. meter just to stop the fish just if the fish goes in around a rock or weed just to kind of give it a bit of bit of leeway you know yeah. but you probably use a, a longer one do you yeah definitely um i'd say yeah probably around between depending on where i'm fishing between one and a half to two meters sometimes a bit, a bit longer as long as i can really cast if i'm in certain places where i really need it you know i might make that a half a meter longer for the, with those heavier lines for places where you know it's going to hit the rocks really yeah um yeah for gen- yeah general places probably about a meter and a half is, is okay and as i said you know if you can keep your rod up and keep it away you're gonna generally that first meter and a half is going to take 
you know, the you know the yeah, you know, hit of the rocks if 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 that happens. Yeah, yeah. And here, Grant, I suppose we all want to know what's the biggest bass you've caught. Yeah, oh, that's a long time ago. <laughs> ago, I mean, I had that eighteen pounder. I think it was last year or year before that. Wow. I'm not sure now. And I and I, yeah, I've done. I've been really um, lucky to get into some good bass. Even over the last years, I had a trip with three three double figures on in about four or five days. And um, but the, the biggest one I've had um, was just under twenty pounds. And on that oh day, or yeah, and that yeah, and I caught that. That must have been getting on for over twenty years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm still hopeful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's another, about time. It's about um, time we got another one. It would be great, you know. I'm, I, I'm not sure I will, but I'm still, I'm still, you know, you're still always hoping. But you know, any bass is um, a good bass for me. You know, I'm just happy to catch anything. To be honest, you know, even I'm happy with. Yeah, whatever bass, whatever size, it always makes me happy. Um, but, uh, you know, it's still nice to get a big bass. It's something special about it. It's, you know, definitely something special about getting a big bass. It's just um, it's just a challenge and all the work you've put in comes together. So, yeah, so I definitely won't say that getting a big bass is really special. But as I said, any bass is welcome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, like you know i've watched you there over the years and you know just seeing those big bass you really capture the imagination you know of what's out there what's possible like um like as you know here like a 10 pound yeah. bass is like you know it's, it could be a once in a lifetime fish here really um but when you're talking about you know 16 18 and even 20 pound bass like it's you know it's really something else isn't yeah. it it, yes, no, it, it, we're really, really lucky out there in that respect, for sure. Um, a lot of people come over and they, they do get put off because well, pe people that are even living out there and they might be surfing, doing a bit of fishing, and they go and they don't catch anything because it, it can be like, it can just be like that, you know, it's just not, it isn't easy fishing, but the fact that you can get big bass out there is what drives you on and keeps you going. You know, and you know eventually, you know, you know, if you stick at it, you will get into those fish. And once you learn your spots, again, it's going to get a little bit easier, you know, because you're, I mean, every spot up that coastline has the potential to catch um, a big bass. Um, it's so, you know, so it doesn't really matter where you are. Obviously, you start to, you know, have your favorite spots. But, you know, it's more about, I'd say, about the conditions. You know, you've got to look for the right conditions. And um, that that will give you your best chance. So basically, I look for places. I, there's certain places I fish because you know there's not many other places that you can go when it gets really big, say, or that that kind of thing. But right, when yeah. it's at a per, I'd say when it's perfect one and a half meters or one to one and a half meters, then it sort of equals out, and everywhere along that coastline can be really good. You know, it just depends where they are then. But like some of these spots just might not be so good when it starts to get two and a half meters you know, it just gets too strong in that particular spot and that's when i would say that's when getting the right spot can be a little bit more important because basically that spot can just hold that swell so it's not yeah so, so i find it's more like that really getting the conditions just right yeah it's probably a fine line between getting it right and maybe being a bit too rough and um, but once you kind of yeah once you have it dialed in as you said 
you have there is that possibility there of a real big big fish and um you know you could go for days and i'm sure weeks without a fish but if you do hit that big one yeah. it's all worthwhile yeah exactly and you know i guess some people will go over and they'll be lucky enough to get into a um a good fish if you're lucky and you, you go at the right time and other people think oh what am i doing wrong and uh you know maybe they're not doing anything particularly wrong i don't know it's um it's just it can be small things but sometimes it just isn't you know you definitely go through periods out there where there's just not many fish about and uh you know and then you that's when you've really got to sort of work hard at it because there might only be a few about and you've got to really try to get to some good places at the right time and then you've got a chance but there's you know there's definitely periods like the summer can be pretty quiet you know really hard and i think most local people they generally don't fish in the summer you you know you don't you don't, don't come across anybody fishing in the summertime so, yeah, but there yeah. are still there's still bass about though there's definitely still about and i've had some been really lucky i had some really good summers over the last say five years and um, they managed to you know hit some doubles and tend to be tend to be less doubles about these you know still getting into some good you know five and six pound fish yeah yeah it's like here in the winter you know um a lot of guys tend not to bother fish yeah. over the winter, but but I fished over the winter for years there, and you know you you'll always there's always a chance of getting a bass, and I have had bass in in every month, you know, not they're not plentiful, yeah. but there is a chance of getting one if you can get the conditions right. So um, they are there all year round. Um, so if you can get out and get fishing, yeah. you have a chance of getting something. Um, so would you would you say sorry if a question to you but would you say the fishing over there in the winter then is much harder or oh yeah definitely for sure yeah yeah like it might you might get a fish or two maybe in the likes of january or or february you know you might get the odd one or two fish um right. definitely harder like it's harder to get the conditions right because you know usually the weather isn't isn't as good and the water clarity isn't as good so um yeah fewer opportunities to get out but but if you can get conditions right. right and i have got out and i have got fish um so uh the chance is there it is possible um you just need the kind of conditions yeah. right but you know and i see henry there as well over the winter he's got some bass in january and february and uh, it just goes to yeah. show you the bass are there all year round although not in big numbers but but it's still nice to be able to target them if you, if you can it just makes the makes the winter a bit shorter Definitely, yeah. If you can get out on a nice winter's day, for sure. So, yeah, it sounds like a bit like is in Portugal, though we definitely got some bass there in the winter. We definitely can have really good bass, but the problem over there is the conditions again. So you might have two to three weeks of over three metres, you know, and then the sea can get a little bit dirty and, you know, it can be a bit dangerous and, yeah, and if you if you people are not catching, then it's like, ah, oh, wait until the sea goes down, you know, so it can be, yeah, it can be down to the conditions, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, Grant, uh, just coming down to time now, I really appreciate your time there and the information and it's it's a real pleasure That's chatting no to you. Um, so thanks a lot and look forward to seeing more of your videos and your lures and rods. Um over the coming months and uh hopefully we'll chat again soon yeah no problem it's been a pleasure to chat to you cormac and yeah i hope you uh managed to get out before the spring and get into a few more bass and uh yeah good luck cheers grant talk soon thanks a lot bye-bye
So that's it, folks, from episode five of the Lore Fishing Podcast with Grant Woodgate. I'm sure you'll agree that was a really interesting chat with Grant, who's an extremely skillful angler, very knowledgeable and very kind with his information. I'd like to thank you all for supporting the Lore Fishing Podcast. It's going from strength to strength, and we have some great guests lined up over the coming weeks. So subscribe to the podcast, keep sharing it, and thank you for the support.